Welcome to Nostrum, the debate soap opera, where deontology is more than just an idea, it's a rebuttal by Jules O'Shaughnessy and the Nostrumite. Before we get going, we do like to remind you that just as Jules and the Nostromite began writing these episodes at the beginning, you should begin listening at the beginning. All of our previous episodes are available at www.jimmenick.com. I have to admit that I was waiting for this one. And I do want to remind you that it was written back in the 90s. Wow. It was written back in the 90s, so a lot of the references here to Broadway shows, to things that were going on in Manhattan, may be a little uh, old. Uh, Then again, some of them are remarkably fresh. The reason I've been looking forward to this, or more to the point, dreading it, is that this is the only episode I'm aware of in all of the Nostrum oeuvre that is a full-fledged musical. Now, I can't really perform it as a full-fledged musical as much as I would like to, so you'll just have to bear with me as we make our way into episode 68, the Nostrum musical players proudly present the Round Rabinskys in On the Town. I don't know how much of this I should sing, so I'll start off slowly. New York, New York, a four and six town. Bronxi is up in old Stuyvesant's down. The Regis pray to the saints that abound. New York, New York, it's a four and six town. Okay, let's stop. This is Leonard Bernstein music. This is the guy who wrote West Side Story. And just doing the lyrics probably doesn't do it justice, so I can't sing, but you're going to have to put up with it. New York, New York, a four and six town. Bronx Eye is up, and Stuyvesant's down. The Regis pray to the saints that abound. New York, New York, it's a four and six town. Whew, I'm not good with those high notes. Anyhow, twelve round Rabinskys in sailor suits fly out of the wings, dancing fancy free to choreography by Jerome Robbins. A Rabinsky of a different stripe altogether. Lots of Bernstein music, lyrics by Comden and Green. You can feel the pulse of the city flooding down from the stage. The famous places to visit are so many before Vaganza Day. I promised my teammates I wouldn't miss on any, and we have just one day. Got to see the whole town from the lodestone on down to the bay in just one day. Accompanying the Rabinskys are Miss Kalima Millak and two of the debate gods who have traveled to New York with their mortal favorites. Kalima is acting as host, representing Manhattan Lodestone, while the two gods are providing the necessary adult chaperonage and getting a free tour of Manhattan along the way, paid for by their respective home schools. New York, New York, a four and six town. Bronx Eye is up, and Stuyvesant's down. The great white coach likes to knock Bruskies down. New York, New York, it's a four and six town. We gotta go to Metropolitan Museum, Kalima says. She's following the itinerary provided by Mr. Lopat. 
He has been arranging the Wednesday city tour for the Round Robinskis as long as there has been a Round Robin at the original Vaganza. It is considered by the visiting debate gods as one of the great treats of forensic life. It's hard to ascertain what the Round Robinskis consider it. The Met Museum is always packed with tourists, clogging the entryway. Get past the mimes and the pretzels and the homeless. Then we'll see art today. Want to go on a spree from Dendur to Hockney and Monet in just one day. The Robinskis conga through the vast chambers of the Metropolitan Museum, trying to absorb the entire place in the allotted space of two hours. They have a busy itinerary today, and Kalima must make sure she follows to the letter the timetable she has been given by Mr. Lopat. The bionic coach's idea of soaking up the Met requires that they start at the Temple of Dendur, make their way to Rembrandt exactly 45 minutes later, easing out the American wing by exactly 11.30. Kalima leads the way, her notes from Mr. Lopat in her hand. Behind her is the conga line of round Rabinskis, with the marching debate gods pulling up the rear. Kalima is not finding it easy to warm up to the Rabinskis. She is starting to think of them as teenagers from Mars. So far, not one of them has responded to anything she has said. They don't seem to listen to the same music as she does, or see the same movies, or watch the same TV shows, or read the same books. The closest they can come outside of discussing the current LD topic is comparing notes on their AP courses. Whoa, is this exciting or what? That reminds me, one of the two debate gods says as they stare at the Rembrandt painting that Mr. Lopat thought the round Rabinskis would especially enjoy, Aristotle contemplating the bust of Homer. Of what? the other DG asks. They are both women of a certain age. Aside from talking to each other, they have said nothing to anyone all day. Aristotle Onassis wanted to buy a house in Hollywood once. The real estate agent took him all over the city, showing him various houses that were for sale at the time, but also trying to protect his privacy while they were doing it. Unfortunately, the press caught up with them when Onassis was standing outside the mansion that had once belonged to Buster Keaton. A photographer managed to snap a picture of him before he angrily scurried on back to his limousine to escape. Oh? Oh, yes, they published the picture in the paper the next day. Do you tell? They captioned it, Aristotle contemplating the home of Buster. Ah. On the other hand, maybe it's better that debate gods can't bring teenagers up on their radar, unless the teenagers are paying their institute bills. The resulting conversations would be simply too painful to record. New York, New York, a four and six town, Bronx I is up, Endel Stuyvesant's down, Collegiate Star Science Project astounds New York, New York, it's a four and six town. The itinerary next calls for a public bus ride down Fifth Avenue, and the Rabinskis conga onto the bus like chain gang prisoners being let out for another day at the rock pile. Kalima cannot believe how unresponsive they are. By now she has given up trying to talk to any of them and has taken on the job of merely observing them, like an anthropologist coming up against the latest release of Tobriand Islanders. The most remarkable thing about them, or at least one remarkable thing, Kalima is having difficulty sorting out which weirdness among the many should take precedence, is that seven of the twelve brought attaché cases with them on this field trip. 
Four of them are wearing their debate outfits right down to the shiny shoes. Three of them are now working on their cases, spinning their pens as they sit on the jostling bus, staring at their printouts, moving stickies from one place to another. Only one, a Rubinsky from Texas, appears even remotely normal. In a sweatshirt, baseball cap, backpack, and Nikes, except that he's four feet two inches tall, a 12-year-old prodigy half a decade younger than all the rest, and he looks about as comfortable as an Amish stock car driver. These are my soulmates, Kalima thinks. These are the people most like me from around the country, the other debaters, the smartest kids in their schools, the ones with ambition and dedication. Welcome to the Bahamas. The theme cafes here are sprinkled out like mouse traps on 57th Street. The lines are endless, and all you get is pop kitsch, t-shirts and crap to eat. Dig the hard rock PH Motown Harley and the Russian tea room reopen soon. Yeah, we're going to eat at the hard rock, Kalima says, leading the conga line up the wide sidewalk of 57th Street. Yuck, remarks the Rubinsky directly behind her. You don't like the hard rock? Too noisy. I could go to Planet Hollywood. It's right across the street, and they pretty much have the same hamburgers. Uh, most of us don't eat meat, the Rubinsky says. Vegans? The Rubinsky nods. Uh, except for the precocious Rubinsky. She indicates the 12-year-old in the sweatshirt and baseball cap. He'll eat anything. He's a savage. Kalima nods. Uh, yeah, he really looks it. I had him pinned as the Rubinsky closest to the state of nature. Is there some place we can just eat vegetables? Uh, there's a... Uh, ABP up on the corner. Oh, bon pan. That'll do. Some of us just live on bread and latte anyhow. ABP it is, Kalima says. And she was so looking forward to a hamburger and french fries. New York, New York. A four and six town. Bronx High is up. Endel Stuyvesant's down. Please close that door. Cries R.B. Sadako. New York, New York. It's a four and six town. The Broadway theaters are bright and gay and cheery along the Great White Way. For $80, there's Rent Les a Ragtime or Disney's TLK. Want to go to a show? Watch them dance. Watch them crow. See a play. Maybe a matinee. Cats. They could have seen Rent, which every person Kalima knows says is the best play ever written, or Les Mis, which may be a little long in the tooth, but it's got spectacle and people killing each other, and it's a little raunchy and really a great love story, or even Phantom with that corny chandelier, except even Kalima's already seen that. The one Broadway play she's put under her belt thanks to a field trip with the Lodestone Speeches, but oh no, Mr. Lopat's idea of the perfect entertainment for round Rabinskis is cats and... The sad thing is, he's right. The 15 of them, 12 Rubinskis, two chaperones in Kalima, arrive in the theater, and the first thing that greets them is a snowstorm of white slips of paper falling out of their playbills, telling them that every cat from old Deuteronomy to the runt of the litter is being played by someone else this afternoon. And as the show transpires, it is someone else who can neither sing nor dance nor hit their cues correctly. The performance, as far as Kalima is concerned, is execrable. It is time to scoop up the poop from the litter of this play and toss it down the porcelain exit ramp. Except for one thing, the round Rubinskis love it. Even the two debate gods shut up their endless yammering to appreciate the poetry of T.S. Eliot come to life before them. Talk about your hollow men or women or whatever. 
New York, New York, a four and six town, Bronxi is up, and all Stuyvesant's down, extempers draw to the beat of rainbow, New York, New York, it's a four and six town, God, those high notes are murder. Finally, they are back on the sidewalk, heading across town to the Lodestone. After a quick dinner provided by the school cafeteria, it will be on to the next night of the round robin, and in two more days, the Vaganza itself will begin. If Kalima survives it, it will be a miracle. The magnet schools here are tough and big and many, but you don't have to pay. Just test like crazy and maybe be an Indian, Korean, or Japonese. The kids here all debate, speechify, congressate, and get A's the magnet way. New York, New York, a hell of a town. Oh no, New York, New York, a four and six town. The Bronx is... Is, no, it's Bronx Eye is up. And the battery, no, and old Stuyvesant's down. The Nostromite loves to write it all down. New York, New York, it's a four and six town. Will Nostrum start doing musicals every week? Will all the Rabinskys buy the cast album of Cats? Will Kalima survive the Veganza with her sanity intact? Will Nostrum receive any nasty letters from people referred to in this episode? Find out how to use muffins as brigadiers in our next episode. Wheaties, the breakfast food that no one sat around for very long trying to figure out a name for. <laughs>